All right, we're going to go ahead and get started now. Looks like we've uh, we've leveled off. I'm sure there's going to be some more people uh, popping in. So welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for attending this week. Uh, this is fantastic. Uh, a little bit of something special today, which I'm excited to announce. Um, again, who is this show for? It is for you as the advisor. If you're looking for more money, clients, time, growth, energy, freedom, knowledge, whatever it is, more clarity, this is the show for you. Uh, we are here to help you build your practice and get more clients and really service your existing clients as well. So we are going to have a special guest today, and his name is Pablo. He's not here just yet because we are going to go through a little bit about what's happening right now. Um, the markets are down another 2% today. The Dow is down about 2%. The S&P 500 is down about two and a quarter. So anytime we see this type of turbulence, I think it's really important that we provide a little bit of um, maybe advice, tips, value that you can provide to your clients and or prospects to make sure that you're capitalizing on this opportunity. And it is an actual opportunity. I know, Andy, you've been dealing with clients. The markets go up and down as they do. You know, what are some of your thoughts as to what, what do you tell your clients? What do, you, what do you tell your prospects? Well, first of all, I always speak calmly and confidently, you know, I always say the, the ABCs of closing are always be uh, caring, you know, always be connecting and for God's sakes, always be confident and, you know, they can smell fear. So it's always feeling like you're in control. You've got their backs. You've got a solution. And, uh, you know, the ups and downs are expected. You get on a roller coaster, you're going to go up, you're going to go down. But if you've got the right advisor, you're going to safely come back to the starting gate. Or better, the the, yeah. the the destination. Destination, fantastic, and and that's the key, right? The key is the communication, and and really going to discuss this. And it's interesting, you know, I was going to talk about communication anyways, but then Pablo's going to come in after about ten minutes, and he's going to discuss what his topic is, and it really kind of ties in nicely with what we're talking about today. And I really love this quote, um, ladies and gentlemen. You know, communication is saying something or isn't saying something, it's actually being heard. And I know as advisors, we, we often think that we're actually listening, but a lot of times, you know, a client starts to maybe ask a question and in our minds, we've kind of already formulated what we think they're going to ask. So we're already ready to, to pounce on them with the answer. And the reality is that really wasn't the question that they really wanted to um, address anyways, right? So let's talk a, a few quick points, you know, how to truly communicate with clients, you know, one, keeping it simple. Um, this is not the time to really talk advisor jargon. This is the time to, to or I, would, I would also, I, this is not the time to look smart. This is the time to really be empathetic towards our clients because they're consuming a lot of what's happening right now. And even if they're not communicating with you or, or maybe you're not recognizing that they're out there, maybe a little bit fearful, a little bit scared, not sure what to do. Um, I guarantee you, you have some clients right now that are probably on the fence as to whether or not they should either one, get out of the markets or, or worse, two, maybe look for another advisor if their advisor is not really communicating with them. So really important things that we should be talking about right now is, is focusing on the long-term goals. So if you're talking to your client right now, there's a lot of short-term noise. So what's happening right now? What is capturing their attention? You can't get away from this right now. There's the war in the Ukraine. You know, inflation is the highest in 40 years. The Fed is increasing interest rates. The housing market is absolutely crazy right now. Supply chain shortages. 
we've been fighting this whole COVID thing for the past two years. And of course, now we, we are effectively in, in correction territory uh, when it comes to, I believe the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones is a, a hair away from being in the correction territory as well. So all of these things are being talked about everywhere, whether they're reading the newspapers or whether they're watching the news, this is front and center. So it doesn't matter what you think they're listening to, you cannot avoid this kind of stuff. I mean, Andy, what are your what are some of your clients talking about right now? Um, yeah, I mean, it's that uncertainty, which we touched upon a little bit last week. And, you know, and it, it's just wondering, you know, am I going to be okay? And, you know, what happens if this happens, you know, and that happens? And I'm like, you know, if ifs and buts were berries and nuts, we'd never go hungry. I mean, you, nobody knows what's going to happen. But having that plan storing those nuts away for the winter or whatever and being consistent about that is really what i i kind of message to people this is why you have a planner this is why you stay consistent and persistent and have long-term horizons that are or horizons that suit your life because that is where the risk kind of gets mitigated for the lack of better word is having that proper plan and you know, one of the toughest thing in sales, and hopefully this is still topical, in any industry is establishing urgency. That is one less thing that we really don't have to do right now. There is urgency. So you want to hear what the problem is before you try to give them a solution. And part of that is asking questions, and I'm terrible at this still, asking a question and not waiting for the answer. And even just giving an extra 10, 20 seconds, because if you do, that person will keep talking. And the more they get off their chest, the more they feel better. And that's going to be equated with you. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're in your relationship and the person says, I don't need you to just solve the problem. I kind of want you to listen first so I can just vent, right? It's a, it's a yes. great way, tactic. Yeah, and I think that's a really good segue for Pablo later on. But as advisors right now, we really should be talking to our clients to really start thinking about the long term, right? So what happens right now, think about when you're on an airplane and all of a sudden there's this huge turbulence going up and down. You know, people tend to look at the, 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 the flight attendant. If the flight attendant is kind of really, really calm and, and he or she is not like panicking or has, has a concerned look on their face, it doesn't really matter how much that turbulence is you're going to be you're going to feel feeling pretty good like you're not you're not going to be concerned because of the way they're reacting so you need to look at this now as like you are that financial pilot for your clients they are looking at you right now and they're going to mimic what you are doing so if you are not taking their calls or you're hiding under your desk because you're afraid to talk to them about what's happening to their portfolios that's a really bad sign that is no different than you being on a, on a on a plane with lots of turbulence and you're kind of looking, you have that concerned look on your face. So if you are, as Andy mentioned, you just got that calm, everything's going to be okay. Your clients are really going to react to that in a very positive manner. So it's very, very important, right? Now, another thing too, you know, it's, it's not, again, this is not the time to be approaching your clients with data, right? So if I look over here to the, to the left and you see what the returns have been over the past 20 years, close to 10%, but if you miss just the, just the 25 best days, you effectively wiped out half of the returns as a client, right? So it is part of your job as a financial pilot per se, 
to really make sure that your clients stay uh, invested this time. So, you know, one of the, one of the stories that you may want to tell your clients is, you know, your job as a financial advisor, or in this case, if you want to provide an analogy, because you want to do a story, is that you are like the financial pilot. So what does that really mean? So your job as their advisor is to take off and land safely, um, get, to, get you to where you want to go, which is retirement, get you there on time. And again, as a financial pilot, it's not your job to predict the weather. So if it's bad weather and it's going to be turbulence, which we know is going to come, that is not necessarily your job. But your job is to react to that bad weather. And that's why it's important for you to make sure that your clients remain invested because if they start trying to time the markets, we know that's a losing proposition. I mean, Andy, would you agree with me on that? Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, you don't think about it, but I, I loved your analogy because turbulence isn't dangerous, right? It might be a bit uncomfortable, but the plane is built to handle the worst. So even in the most severe turbulence, your plane isn't moving nearly as much as you think. It's that perception. And what right. we all know is perception is reality, right? And so I thought it was a great point. You look at the flight attendants, they're pushing the carts or chit-chatting to each other while the chain's shaking all over the place. They've seen this a million times. They're not freaking out, right? Like it, it's just that perception that all that, that the bottom's falling out or the sky's falling. It's not yeah. true. You know, it, it's funny because when I was uh, training my advisors, you know, one of the things that I would always up with, open up with was there's some good news and some bad news. So if I was training my advisors today, right now, I'd be like, okay, guys, there's good news and bad news. The, the, the bad news is the markets are down 2% today, but there's good news. The good news is the markets are down 2% today <laughs> because your top or your biggest client is someone else's top prospect. But here's the best part. It works vice versa too, right? So someone else's best client or biggest client is your top prospect. So this is a fantastic time to be reaching out to all your prospects and picking up new clients because for whatever it's worth, there are advisors right now, they're hiding under the desk. They don't want to accept those phone calls because they just don't want that confrontation with their clients. They don't want to deal with anything negative, but this is where you can step in and really be the hero of the day. So, uh, Andy, before I, I turn over to Pablo, is there anything else you want to end up, uh, end up with before we bring over Pablo in? Well, you know, the, you know, I, I, not, not really. I, it just made me think of that story you told about that one client who you said, I would give up your business before doing the wrong thing for you. And that really struck a chord with me. So any of you who didn't uh, listen to last week's, that was a great story. And I've actually told that story a couple of times. So. Yeah, this is also just being calm and even keel during these tumultuous times will give your client that confidence. And uh, but I think it's important to, uh, you know, make sure that they're clear. You're the steward, right? Yeah. That's guiding them through the turbulence or the, the rocky waters or whatever. And really, isn't that part of our job? I mean, our part of our job is to really be part time psychologists. I mean, it's one thing to talk about money and investments and stocks and all this wonderful stuff and efficient frontier. But at the end of the day, all that means nothing if your client bails when the market is down 10, 15, 20%. Because unless they get in like within days, they may miss those, those top days that when the market moves up and then they'll never recover. And then, guess, and then guess whose fault it is? It's the advisor's fault if they never recover 
Meanwhile, they're the ones that said, pull me out type of thing, right? So communication is key, which is a great segue to bring in our special guest. His name is uh, Pablo. Pablo, why don't you join us? Fantastic. Thank you for coming uh, today, Pablo. Uh, I have a few short questions for you. And we're basically the theme today is making sure that we want to communicate with our clients and our prospects. And I know that you do a very good job with that. In fact, I believe you even teach a course which we're going to talk about. And you even have a webinar coming up. So we'll definitely talk about that as well. But before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? What have you done in the past? And how is what you're going to talk about today relevant to financial advisors? Great. So um, on my day job, I actually have about 15 years of experience in um, banking, both in commercial lending and in uh, wealth management. So I know how important it is to um, stay calm, to be able to, to listen well to our clients. Uh, in addition to that corporate job, I also have been facilitating mindfulness practices for the last five years in the uh, Plum Village tradition. So it's a mindfulness practice that actually was started by a um, Vietnamese Zen master during the Vietnam War. So it's quite timely that these practices that were birthed during war are showing up now with uh, our, the situation in Ukraine. That is uh, very interesting. So you mentioned mindfulness and you know, part of my ignorance, you know, before we spoke, I, I've never heard, I mean, I know the word mindfulness, but I've never heard of it as being something which is practiced. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you know, what is mindfulness? Yeah, so, you know, there are a lot of different definitions out there. People think mindfulness is about being calm, you know, or there are many different expectations of what it is. You know, you hear things like it reduces anxiety, it does this and that. There's all these miracle things uh, related to mindfulness. But actually, it's, it's quite simple. Really, mindfulness is just being aware of what's going on right now in your body and mind, inside and outside. That's just it. It's just shining a light of awareness on what is going on. So, okay, so go ahead. Sorry. So, so that may mean, you know, um, uh, you know, we talked about being calm is that actually sometimes when we practice mindfulness, we may notice that we're actually anxious or um, unstable. And so it's not really about judging that instability is actually labeling it, recognizing that it's there. Okay. That's very interesting. So if I myself wanted to practice mindfulness, like what are some of the things that I would do? And please don't give away your webinar, which is on the 30th, I believe, but just kind of, kind of like Cole's notes, how does one practice mindfulness? So basically it's um, one way to ground it is to get in touch with your breath. And so we connect that with what is going on in our bodies. So if we're feeling anxious, all I say is actually right now, even before, joined in the seminar, I practice mindfulness by just simply doing this, breathing in, I know there's anxiety in my gut, breathing out, I know that it's there, and I'm here for it. And okay, so really, yeah, it, ahead, it, 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 it's basically um, uh, being aware of what sort of scripts are showing up in our brains, in our minds at any present moment. Um, because these scripts, in some ways, they've been very beneficial, you know, anxiety or fear, those sort of scripts have been passed down to us through our ancestors and through our, our upbringing because they're very effective at surviving, right? You know, if we're being chased by bears, um, you know, our life's in danger, anxiety is very useful in those circumstances. Unfortunately, sometimes those scripts get buried, right? And locked into our consciousness 
And so we don't realize that they're running in the background. And in some cases, those scripts then aren't very useful in different circumstances. So really simple example with public speaking, right? You know, um, a lot of us may have challenges speaking publicly and we may judge ourselves for that. But those scripts have been watered in us, right? First thing is, what do we always tell kids? Never talk to strangers. And what is public speaking? Talking to strangers. So we've already been watered the script, right? To not talk to strangers. And the other thing is, you know, when we're talking to a crowd, right? There are a lot of eyeballs looking at us. And so, you know, if you think about it, typically if you're an animal in the wilderness and there are a lot of eyeballs looking at you, that's not safe. And so mindfulness is helping us to acknowledge that those scripts are running and we're not, we're not judging them because in some cases they're useful, but acknowledging that, you know, in this case, you can relax, you know, this is actually a safe space. You know, my life isn't in danger. And then that frees up, it, it um, uh, releases these obstacles in communicating. Interesting. You know, it's funny, uh, Jerry Seinfeld had a, had a saying that the second biggest fear on this planet is death. And the single biggest fear is public speaking. I'm not sure if that's real or not, but Jerry Seinfeld coined that term. And uh, I believe he followed up with, so if you're at a funeral and you're giving a eulogy, you'd actually rather be the person in the casket than actually giving the, <laughs> which I thought was, which, which I thought was pretty funny and makes a point because there are a lot of people that are absolutely terrified of public speaking, including myself when I first started. Um, you could not, you could not, you could not have paid me enough to do public speaking, but like many things, it's a skill that you can actually acquire and, and build on. So over time, I actually became a pretty decent um, public speaker and, and actually enjoy doing it. So it's interesting what you're talking about, Pablo. So at the end of the day, okay, this is all great stuff. It's interesting, but what are some of the benefits of this whole mindfulness practice? Because we want to make sure that we can actually tell our, our partners today how they can actually take advantage of it, but more importantly, what, can, what they can look forward to in actually getting benefits from this. Yeah, so it, it touches, um, you know, the thing I, I, I really liked is um, use the example of being a, a financial pilot. And so mindfulness closely ties to that, you know, um, just like, you know, you have a, a balanced portfolio, right, to, to help deal with the volatilities of the market. Mindfulness is basically a balanced portfolio to handle the volatility of our emotions. So when we, when we can nourish that mindfulness energy, we're better able to... Um, self-regulate to really take care of whatever is showing up for us so that when we're having conversations with our, our clients um, and if, if they're, they're falling into their scripts and they trigger our scripts, right? And our stories and our narratives, you know, we're able to acknowledge them, let them go and then really be there for our clients. Because oftentimes, you know, when, when there's fear emotions, right? We, we then operate in um, kind of on autopilot in forgetfulness and that can lead to more um, misunderstanding True understanding is being able to um, be solid for yourself so that you can be solid for your clients. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, I can speak from my own experience. I know a lot of times um, you kind of get, as an advisor, you kind of get into a groove, right? You, you have a system in place. You, I mean, you know, the, you know the questions you're going to ask before you even show up at the door and you just kind of go through it. And in the beginning, you're, you're more conscious of, the, the questions you're asking and the, and the answers you're getting in response. But over, over time, many, many weeks, months, and years, you kind of get your groove. And again, I, I'm speaking for myself. I'm guilty of this. I'm sure there's others that are guilty of this, where you kind of get into the groove of you're asking the question 
And in your mind, you're already thinking about the next question you're going to ask. So the answer really doesn't matter um, because you're already thinking about the next question. And so this kind of ties in in the sense that mindfulness is also presence, right? Like you have to really be sitting there and listening to the answer before you can, or sorry, listening to the question before you can give a, a, a really concrete answer as to what that question was. I mean, am I on the right track here, Pablo? Yeah. So, you know, it, and, and what's really, um, yeah, you, what you acknowledge is that, that track, right? Sometimes you can get, uh, fall into habits. And when you're falling into um, a track, your, your clients can then tell that you're being inauthentic, right? Because you're not really present. And so when we practice mindfulness, we can notice, oh, actually, oh, I see I'm going down that path. It's okay. We don't need to go down that path because right now what the client needs is the presence, right? I'm not here to fix the situation. I'm here just to listen. I really like that. That's really, really good because um, I, I know we almost come in and we, we, have, we think we have to try to convince them that, oh, it's, it's okay. The markets are going to be fine. Sometimes they just, you're right. They just want to vent. They just want to explain to you that they're worried and they're concerned and it's okay to kind of ease their worries when it comes to the markets with data. But at the end of the day, it's okay to say, you know what? I, I get it. I'm very empathetic to your situation. You're three years away from retirement. Markets are going up and down. But having said that, I assure you that everything's going to be okay type of thing, right? Yeah, so, if, if I could add well, to that. Yeah, I, of course. I, Go ahead, Andy. I, I think that the other thing that, and I know I, I get caught on this too, is that part of that noise is you in your head running through all of the potential negative things that somebody could say and already trying to be having anxiety of, do I have the right answer for it? Or am I going to say the right thing to, to quell them or whatever, instead of waiting for that question that may never come. Right. It's, it's, it's noisy. Right. And I think there's less anxiety if you're my, if you're, goal is to listen first right then react and you know to what you're saying pablo that that fight or flight instinct coming in sometimes you gotta you gotta hit the the pause button or the snooze button on that yeah so pablo how can our partners benefit like what what specifically can they do to take advantage of this mindfulness like what can they do today where they can actually achieve some of these benefits well sorry i'm actually gonna ask a two-part question so one Obviously, we have partners on this call. How can they themselves benefit? But in addition to that, how can they in turn get their clients to benefit from this mindfulness? So what's interesting is, you know, we're social creatures, right? And uh, our, our neural reactions, our neural responses often get reflected back and forth to each other. So if you're practicing self-regulation and mindfulness for yourself, right? Uh, you know, learning how to take care of your strong emotions when difficult things arise, and you're able to, to practice that, you then model it for your clients. So earlier when we talked about, you know, being calm, confident, and compassionate, when you actually practice that neural pathway for yourself, it becomes evident. You know, you, there, you don't need to say, oh, I'm, I need to be compassionate and caring. Just, just by embodying it, your clients will sense it. And then they'll model that too, that calm too. And then that will then um, flow naturally, right? To making sure they stay uh, committed to their, their financial plan. Okay. So 
I remember as an advisor, one of the one of the key lessons that I learned was basically asking a question and then just shutting up. Because it's very easy for advisors to just get going and they just never stop because they always want to come across as being smart. Um, they're, they're uncomfortable with silence. Um, so I know there's, there's, there's power in silence, right? Um, and in fact, you can actually be communicating through silence if that really makes sense. And I'll give you an example. I remember talking to clients and then if you ask them the question, you know, what does retirement look? What is your vision of retirement? And there's, there'll always be that knee jerk reaction. Yeah, it's, it's age 55 and it's a million dollars or it's travel, right? Golf. And then it's very easy as advisors to just kind of ask the next question. But what I learned to do, uh, Pablo, was just say nothing. Like let them, like they'll say their knee jerk reaction, which is basically the, the, the surface answer that everyone gives. And if you just shut up and say nothing, they'll start talking again and they'll start giving you more details. Okay. But where I want to travel, I want to travel to Greece. Or I want to travel to Italy. There's a small Island where my parents grew up in, and I want to buy a, uh, a small villa there. And then all of a sudden what was a very superficial type. Here's what I want for retirement ended up being a very in-depth conversation. And that brought out a lot of emotions. Right. And then, and then the clients themselves felt like they were being heard and all of that, because I just, I didn't say anything. And believe me, it's, it's harder than it sounds. Um, it's, it's actually hard to say nothing. Yeah. Well, that's Chris, Chris Voss 101 with the mirroring. You know, if, if you said to me, yeah, you know, I kind of want to, you know, uh, I'm a big foodie and, uh, you know, I want to travel. And Chris Voss would say, you want to travel? Well, yeah, I want to go here and there and over to Europe. Oh, you want to go to Europe? Yeah, because my family's from there, you know, and it's just, it's just put, you know, putting that little bit of gasoline in, in, in a good way to fuel that thread or that conversation. Yeah. So, Pablo, so you, is, is that a thing? Is, is silence really, can you actually communicate through silence? Yeah, so you, you, you touched off a, a really good point. Um, so uh, silence is important to hold that space for, for the other person to feel heard and to feel safe to share. That's the important thing is we're creating a safe environment for that sharing to happen. But you also talked about, oh, it's so difficult, right? And, and that's what mindfulness is, is learning how to train our minds um, to be aware of our habits, right? Because intellectually, right? For example, we know we should eat less. We should exercise more. We should live within our means, right? We should stick to our financial plan. But how is it that even though we intellectually know all these things, we can actually do them? And it's because of our habit energies, our scripts. They're, they're a lot stronger in our background, right? These sort of threat responses. And so when we practice mindfulness, we're then aware of these blind spots and we can liberate ourselves from those blind spots so then we can actually you know, sleep more, eat well, exercise, and uh, practice deep, silent listening when we need to. Right. So, so we're not pulled by that habit, right? That need to talk into the space. So I, I'm definitely intrigued, and I know you have an entire webinar coming up on March 30th, I believe. Um, so before we let you go, why don't you give us an idea of what we can expect to take away from you on March 30th? So basically, I will be going through um, some practices on how we can nourish that mindfulness energy, right? So we can have some more spaciousness around um, our habits and our scripts and our stories. 
And then as well, um, I'll actually be facilitating creating a space for us to practice that deep listening and loving speech, right? These, these um, foundational skills on how to be able to communicate and connect with ourselves and with others. That's great, I love that. Um, admittedly, I've, I've, uh, I'm not sure how, how similar this is to meditation, but admittedly I've tried and failed uh, at meditation, but I, I think it's because I'm doing it wrong. So you definitely have me as one of your uh, attendee on 30th for sure, because I know it's something that's very powerful. Those that I know that actually do meditate, swear by it and tell them it gives them so many different benefits, whether it's sleeping better, more energy, more focus, all this amazing stuff. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really exciting, Pablo. So that, I really appreciate you joining us today. Um, I'm really looking forward to March 30th, and I recommend everyone on this call to do the same. It's in your advisor HQ. You can sign up for that on that day. And uh, Pablo, thank you so much for taking the time and, and joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andy Nermos. Looking forward to seeing you all. Thanks, Pablo. Yeah. Awesome. Bye. So, um, Hermos, maybe we should uh, also do a bit of a shameless plug for uh, next week as well, unless you were going to do that already. No, uh, for those of you, that, well, we, we've got, uh, you know, as you know, we, we interview advisors that are Planswell partners for them to share their successes, what they did to get that success. Um, so that's going to be next Monday. Um, you know, we have an amazing lady. Everybody who's ever talked to Judy is like, she's the best. Like, I want to be friends with her. She's got an amazing attitude. Um, just, I love talk. Every time I talk to her, I'm, I'm better for it. I just, I'm in a better mood. She's great. She'll be on that. Um, for anybody who's not a partnered advisor that may be on here and got uh, invited by uh, somebody at Planswell, um, you know, reach out to your uh, whoever's been emailing you or invited you, if you want to learn more about Planswell, you can also uh, email Ermos at planswell.com with any questions, any ideas for future shows and topics and things like that. Uh, you know, come one, come all. We love them. Um, you know, there's no shortage of things that we can uh, we can talk about. Fantastic. So before we uh, bid adieu, uh, I just want to remind everybody that facts tell and stories sell. So if your clients are worried about the markets and what's happening and you just dump a bunch of data on them about what, what the markets have done over the last 15, 20 years, that is not helpful. Tell them the story about you being a financial pilot and or any story that you want to uh, revolving around that kind of stuff, something they can resonate with, something they can actually understand. So stories and analogies will go much further than just doing a data dump on your clients. So, so important to be communicating right now with all your clients. But even more importantly, your prospects, because your prospects are looking for their advisors. And if their advisors aren't returning their call because they're worried, guess what? You got yourself a hot prospect that hopefully you can pick up. Presence is key. Make sure that you're listening. Again, it doesn't matter whether it's a client or a prospect. Make sure you are deeply listening so that you can actually answer the question that they are asking. Once again, very important. Your biggest client, your single biggest client is another advisor's top prospect. So make sure you nail down your top clients. But the good news is it also works in reverse, meaning someone else's biggest client is now becoming your top prospect. So let's go out there and, and, and get some more business. Um, your, your tip of the, I guess, the week, when you reach out to these prospects, I would just ask them a simple question. You know, when you sat down with your advisor, what did you guys decide is your recovery plan? You know, the market is down 10%. 
There's all this noise, all this stuff happening. What is your recovery plan to get you back to where you were or even better to make, to make more money? I can pretty much guarantee you, you asked that question. And what are you going to hear, Andy? What do you, what do you think you're going to hear? What's the recovery plan? Or crickets, right? Like, yeah, or I don't, have an, I don't have a recovery plan or I don't have an advisor. Awesome. Really? Yeah. No, it's worse if they have an advisor with no recovery plan. Because then you ask well, the question, I can't believe your advisor didn't put together a recovery plan for you and your portfolio. This doesn't sound very good. We should probably meet up and have a second opinion type of thing, right? So this is a fantastic opportunity. Ask that question. What is your recovery plan? And you'll probably get all kinds of people that are interested in finding out more about what you can do to help them. That's a good, that's a good email subject. Oh yeah, for sure. Topic, that's you good. know, like what's your recovery plan? <laughs> I'm going to use Bye, that. Everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure for Andy and myself to be uh, talking to you every week. Have a wonderful, amazing week. If you have any questions, make sure you email me, airmos at planswell.com. So go out there and as usual, if I can get that last slide going, don't aspire to make a living, aspire to make a difference. Thank you all. Have a wonderful week.